This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso. Yo, yo, it's the Life is Dope Podcast. I'm your man, Graffiti. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's Davey. <sighs> <laughs> Drinking some of that Barrel's beer. Shit's delicious. Oh, okay. Go get you some. How you feeling today, bro? Man, I'm recovering. Oh, man. <laughs> it was a rough night. <laughs> Woo! It was a rough night, man. This this episode is fitting because we got like two of the, the party guys last night. <laughs> I did some stupid shit. I mixed Ciroc, the Summer Collider joint, with Fireball. And topped it off with some pistol shots. My soul left my body for about three hours, dog. And I'm just not happy at all. Yeah, this morning, you know, that that was a bad look. Yeah, you were trying to cleanse your colon or something. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, bro, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get it together. Barrels. Yeah, man. So as always, we got special guests in the building today. Who we got today? Man, these guys are responsible for like damn near everything cracking. In Denver, as far as entertainment and party scene, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna let y'all. I'm gonna let y'all gas yourselves. But we got my man Francois Baptiste and Johnny Denver in the building. Let's hey. make it hey. It's good to be here. I'm, I'm gonna try some of this beer too. Here, yeah, man. Please do. I'm gonna pour up. Get some of that Barrels beer. You know, Barrel Barrels Coke. It's try delicious. It Drink it. Is, is this a Denver product? Yes, yeah. most definitely. I like it. Yeah, man. That's, that's the sound bite. Pour up, See, the perfect remedy for a hangover is to. Hold on, let me tell you if I endorse it. I gotta have a sip for this. Oh, it's to, it's to don't get sober. Okay. Oh, it's cold too. Hey, it better be cold now. Cheers, bro. Cheers. This is priceless. See, sponsors, we love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a wheat ale? Mm, yeah, sure. I drink way too much. No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. If it's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it. Word. There you go, girls. So, anyways. For the people that don't know, let the people know who you are. Let's start with Francois. My name's Francois. I represent 3D Productions. Hey. Um, been doing this for an extremely long time. And uh, I don't think it's ever going to end at this point. But <laughs> I do concerts, clubs, management. And I've known this guy here for probably, what, we're going almost 20 years now? Uh, I was 15, I'm 31, so that's 16 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time. Word. So, Johnny, who are you? What do you do? Uh, I'm Johnny. I'm a concert promoter here in Denver, and I throw shows uh, in this great town. And, uh, you know, just shows. <laughs> hella, hella humble about it. Like, <laughs> shows. You know, I, I just, throw a lot of shows. I just throw concerts. Yeah, you, you know, know a couple of no shit you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Word, man. But no, 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 no. Y'all do the shit in Denver. Let's, let's gas it a little bit. So, you said you've been doing this for a long time. How long exactly? As far as promotions, uh, I've been I've been doing this probably going on almost twenty five years now, mm. like professionally twenty five years. Like that's crazy, right? Right, right, right. In Denver, right. In Denver definitely. How'd yeah. you get started in the promotion game? I mean, just to make a long story short, it was just something that I just kind of fell into. You know, like you come out of high school, going to college, and start doing house parties, and you kind of you find your net. You know, so you kind of know, like at some early age, kind of like what you want to do. Right. And I just was blessed to meet the right people who kind of brought me into their to the fold. And I found, like, I really like concerts. I really like the entertainment business. And I always, always kind of set a goal for myself, like, how do I get from here to there? Like, you go to a concert and you're sitting in a row. And I'm like, this is cool, but I want to be back there. Right. Like, how do I be back there? So I kind of just really found the way to meet the right people and work, 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 and get to where I wanted to get and still trying to evolve you know right how about you Johnny a lot of humble beginnings lots of putting a lot of flyers on a lot of cars <laughs> mm. I was an intern for uh, Francois and um, Tony V on the radio station when I was 15 right. on Sunday nights and uh, that's where it all kind of started I managed a couple artists in high school and 
started booking some shows and just slowly but surely, um, like kind of like Francois said, it's just you know people see the glory, but some of that grind in the beginning was <laughs> not pretty, you know. And to this day, I keep a stack of flyers in in the truck or in my back pocket. Just on deck. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta represent and promote your product. And, Work. Uh, I've never been afraid to stop doing that, and that's a, that's a real important piece to it. But yeah, I just you know started in Denver and uh, working at the radio station. Then I started working at some of the nightclubs in Denver, booking the talent. And uh, a lot of people don't know I'm, I'm in the electronic scene quite a bit too. So I started booking a lot of big electronic DJs and rappers in the nightclubs. Okay. Back in the you know late two, uh, 2007, eight, nine, and uh, you know that was a really awesome experience for me to be able to kind of just walk the line between the hip-hop culture and the electronic culture because at the end of the day right now that's what the kids want to hear right and uh, it's, it's just been a blessing and um, Denver's one of the best markets in the world right now for live music and I think some people take kind of our scene for granted the number of shows that we have here supersedes a lot of big markets mm. you know per capita you know we're right up there with LA and New York City and Vegas as far as the amount of live music that comes to this town with Red Rocks and some of the great venues we have around the city. It's just right. it's a real blessing to be able to work in this town and keep bringing a lot of happiness and live music to, to people to enjoy every day, you know. Now, you guys have really done a great job as far as being able to, to keep your brand strong just throughout the years. How have you been able to, uh, you know, what's what's the formula to that? Because I know a lot of different promoters, they, they pretty much just come and go. You'll see some people, they'll throw some parties or they'll try to bring... Um, you know, artists to the state or to the city, and it just seems like it just fizzles out. What's the what's the uh, the formula to longevity? I mean, persistence, never giving up, and you know, luckily, like Francois said, we've been able to align ourselves with you know the company I work for now, AG Live, AG Presents, um, and you know several other big nightclub owners over the years. We're, we're cutting a lot of the checks for us to bring a lot of these acts out here in the beginning. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the very beginning, you know, we were losing our rent money to bring an act out here. Damn. Luckily, I had, a, I had some good landlords because you would lose your money. You'd lose, <laughs> you'd lose your rent money paying a band or a rapper or a DJ to come out to a show, and the show wouldn't perform. And that's where a lot of, you know, promoters, they take a couple L's. Yeah. And they can't keep taking L's, you know. But at the end of the day, this business is about just making your win column a little bit higher than your L column. Just right. slowly moving that margin down to where you just get into the groove of just booking, winning, winning parties, winning shows, and you know sometimes it's hard for people to like ride that wave and not sink. Right. So. I mean, I'd say it's a passion. You know, it's like it's a conviction. It's like I don't know. It's kind of like you running a marathon. It's like I know I'm gonna make 25 miles at some point. I just can't stop. You right. Know? And I mean. Johnny attest to we've had some good times and some bad times but we we love the music we're comfortable in knowing that there's always a better day mm. and you know it's the culture really you know going back to that it's just like this is what we do this is just what we do you know and, and some people lose interest and move on or some sometimes people take a bath and just be like this is not the life for me but you got to take the good with the bad I mean this is not easy there's a lot of you know, factors in this thing from dealing with crazy artists to agents to managers to nightclubs. And mm -hmm. like I said, it's, it, it's difficult. So it's, I, I've been blessed. I know he's been blessed to do it as long as we have. We just, you know. But like he said, it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. And a lot yeah. of people, I'm going to book so-and-so and we're going to bring him out here and get this bag. And then, you know, <laughs> you, know, you, Doesn't see, work that, out like you that. see that formula and then. Yeah. Once you've been in it as long as we have, you know that there's all these expenses that are going to come up and you plan for this. Mm. So really, like, people think they're going to throw a show and it's going to be a huge lick. But really, when you really look at the expenses, mm. you know, promoters, just like the restaurant business, you're only making 15 to 20 percent, mm. you know, of what you bring into the show. Because by the time you pay the artist and all of your expenses to do it right... That's a big part about it too. Well, you if you throw a show, you better make sure the artist is happy and the, the fans are happy. Right. Or you're gonna get a bad reputation in the circle of the touring artist, which is a very small circle the higher you go on the pyramid. Mm. And if the fans don't have a good time, they're not gonna trust your brand either. So it's all about like our business is we're really in the business of making artists and fans happy at the end of the day. Like right. we want them to leave the building and say that was a great show and we wanna come back. So that's yeah. that's the that's the 
long and short of it. Work, work, work. Would you say that's one of the biggest mistakes new promoters make is just thinking that they're just going to hop in and get that bag fast? But yeah, it's like you got to if you're if you're going to dive into this world, you got to pay attention to detail and realize like this is not a one time. You're not going to make a one show is not going to change your life. Mm. You know what I mean? Because that one exactly. show could that exactly. one show could do really great, or that one sh- show could tank. You got to be ready to take the next right. show, and then you got to be thinking in the future. So, um, but you know, everybody starts somewhere. Yeah. You know, I remember some of the first shows I booked, and you let's know, look. let's talk about those mm. the the golden days. <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, the golden days is different. I mean, just the this the, the business model of shows these days is different. You know, it's you know if you're looking at purely the concerts, you know, it's. It's changed, you know. I used to work for Barry Fay, God rest his soul. Great, great man. He taught me a lot, you know. And and that's who I always wanted to be coming up. And and you know, it was funny. I when I used to work for Barry, I used to go down into the basement and look at the old files. And you'd be shocked how cheap it was to book some of these artists that are like legends. You know, yeah, I mean, dang. he used to do the Rainbow Room and stuff. I mean, it was buying a car to pay, you know superstar back in the day and ticket prices were five bucks you know and crazy and stuff those don't you can't do that anymore you know and um, it's really about the dollar at the end of the day and surviving and, and and what happened was that a lot of the promoters got consulted consolidated into two different fra- factions you know basically Live Nation and AEG and there's others out there right. but in order to survive you really have to find another revenue stream besides just the door that means selling alcohol at your venues and stuff like that. I mean, it's doable to do it, but I mean, to be successful right. and really be, you know, play the game another day, you, you got to own your own venue mm. and, and, and find other ways to make money. Sell yeah. pizza at the front door or, <laughs> you, know, or you know, put, <laughs> I don't know, just. That's big. You said own your own venue. Um, that's major, but how realistic is that nowadays? I'm just telling you what. They do to survive. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you want, if you know, and, and plus they have a big war chest. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, like like Johnny said, it's not where you go in and you do, you listen. Actually, let me take that back. You can do one show, mm-hmm. and you can make a lot of money. Can that happen three or four times? Right. Let's just say, yeah, hypothetically, it could. But ninety nine percent of the times, you're gonna either break even or you're gonna lose money. Mm-hmm. So it's not always a win, you know. And sometimes people get their first show or you know go out there and they'll make some money and they're like oh I got this let me promote it for life yeah so then you go and do it and it may be you know your rent money might be your savings and you take a bath you're like I'm never doing this shit again (laughs) 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 it'll humble you very very fast so how has um, the change in the music industry as far as going from album sales more to just streaming and and you know we we dealt with just free albums and people stealing music and there was just this whole shift from physical copies and now we're seeing sales pick up, uh, pick back up has that affected the the concert game at all oh yeah that's made that's made the live side of the business the side where everybody wants to be right now because mm-hmm. at the end of the day the labels don't make the money they used to make mm-hmm. and the artists are not seeing those this, the same income level on album sales like you said because there's they're all streams now so the touring side of their business is really a huge, huge, huge piece to, to that right. revenue stream. So and they probably charge more now, right? Or they charge more, but they're also, artists are getting smarter about how they tour, about how they price their tickets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing VIP meet and greets, doing other, you know, the merch game is so crazy on the road right now. I was, mm-hmm. I was at uh, the Pepsi Center the other night. And just walking around that place, watching the watching the sales of these T-shirts, it was crazy. Yeah. And even in the smaller venues, you know, like artists need to get their merch game right because, mm-hmm. especially as an upcoming artist on the road, a lot of the guarantees for an upcoming artist that, no, that nobody's really heard of are real low. If you're lucky enough to get a support slot on a tour, right, you're paying the bills to stay on the road by selling merch, selling CDs, really grinding on the road. You know, people think it's like fun and games but at the end of the day like I watch artists like J. Cole and you know Kendrick and a lot of these really 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 big acts start their careers playing 250 cap rooms riding around in a dirty van right like you know and they were waiting on those t-shirt sales 
from the night before to pay for their gas money to get to the next city the next day. So right. like, that's the real hustle that goes into an artist coming from, you know, the bottom yeah. to really be able to make it and, and touch the whole country and touch all these different cities. You know, all these artists always ask me, like, you know, how can we get on the road? How can we do this? And it's just, you know, you have to really, at the end of the day, be willing to take that sacrifice mm. of understanding it's not, nothing's going to come easy. Until you you got a hit record and you got a fan base built that's going to come and buy your tickets to your show. Right. Promoters aren't paying the money. You're going to get on a support slot for a tour. You might have to buy on tour tour now, you know, or you're going to be playing hole in the wall rooms. Right. But that's the way everybody really starts. Unless you come out of the woodwork on a big hit, you know, and that's the that's the way. You, the quicker you come up, the faster you fall. Usually, it's the artists that have that long build of developing fan bases in different markets and really going out there and trying to touch different cities that those are the people that like are putting in that really that grind and that work mm. those sometimes you know it really pays off in a major way and I've seen it happen on countless times so how much did you have to buy onto a tour if you're you know an up and coming artist I mean you know the it can be anything these days it's a wild wild it depends on the bit. tour yeah. yeah yeah I mean you can buy onto most tours I could say depending on the artist but, but even then it takes an end yeah. to be able to be even in that circle to have that opportunity to buy onto it right tour, you know right I mean? right so ballpark it's cash up front it's not uh, <laughs> credit or I will pay you after Nightly. the tour yeah, yeah. you know so no, I've seen I've seen tours go you know people buy onto t- support slots on tours from anywhere like you know a small tour for like you know 10 grand to a larger tour for you know 100 grand Okay, right. so ten grand is on the small end, then. Right, but that's that's playing with a much smaller artist, you know. Mm. Right. All right. Since we're on the topic of artists, so say I'm a local artist. I just started making music. I got a cool little following. Whatever people like me, I want to start doing some shows. Hey, I seen Francois at the club. I want to approach Francois to put me on shows. Francois's like, "Fuck out of here, little guy." No. Then I go on Facebook and I'm bashing Francois because Francois didn't put me on. How should you properly handle that situation? If an artist that wants to get on these shows as an opener, how much time do we have? Because this is gonna be this, gonna be this is a great question, mm-hmm. but it has to be thorough because this is one of the questions that I think in this city alone and in all other cities, but this is a major question that and, yeah. and and an answer that people need to understand. I mean, let me start out like this. First, of, first and foremost. We have a responsibility, Johnny and I have a responsibility to make sure that the show is a good show. Right. You know, that means from doors open to door closed, we know that you're spending your money and we want you to come in there and walk away and be like, God, I had a good time tonight. Yeah. Boom. That's the major thing, right? Right. Um, If you are a new artist, there's no problem why you shouldn't shoot for the stars. Mm -hmm. But what I would suggest is start small, you know? Even as a promoter, if you became a promoter today, don't think you're going to book Kendrick Lamar tomorrow. It's not going to happen. If you are an artist in Denver, start small. There's a lot of venues out there. There's a lot of promoters out there doing things. Get out there and hone your craft. And even before you do that, practice. Go to Rocket Space. It's only 15 to 30 bucks an hour. Go in there and practice how you hold a microphone, how you do your set. Make sure your DJ is, is, you know, knows what he's doing. Coordinate how you move on the stage. Make sure you have wave files when you perform at a show. Don't have 128 bit rate on one record, 98 on another record, 320. You sound crazy, right? Right. And then the next thing I'd say is probably just be patient. Patient. You can. Uh, there's a lot of people that hit me all the time, and, and I and I listen to all the music. I listen to everything because I want to know what's going on in the city. Right. But with that, there's <laughs> there's a waiting list. I mean, there's yeah. we can't put everybody on shows. But it's also important to say though, even when when the artist calls us and says, "Okay, we want to add some local support to the show," mm. Swan and I talk about it, and then we submit. Right those names with SoundCloud links, Facebook links, Twitter links, all your socials, and that goes to the artist. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, Swa and I can only suggest what acts we think would 
have a similar sound that mm-hmm. would curate a nice show and, and round out the package. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we send those acts to the headliner mm-hmm. and the, the manager or the agent of the headliner listens to those acts and either agrees or disagrees with us. And then their next question is always, how many tickets can they sell? I was about to get into that because here's here's the business aspect of it, right? right. So like, like Johnny said, there's a process in it. You know, there's some venues out here that don't need to or... They, the, the headliner might say, hey, just put somebody on. They don't give a shit. But usually it goes from us to the agent, to the management. They decide what they want to do. Does it fit the show? Right. How they sound like? How's their socials look? They come back and say yay and nay. The next thing is selling tickets. Now, here's, here's a really important thing that people have to understand. It's called show business. Right. So in the beginning of this, we talked about just your basic performance. When you get on stage... Since you're not selling major records anymore and, and streaming and all stuff, the next thing, the best thing, as Johnny had said earlier about the shows, is putting your best performance on there. Yeah, right. right. Now I just lost my train of thought. Show business, business aspects. The business. Oh, because so they're so asking us how many tickets right. are these acts worth, and that's what I don't think a lot of artists understand is when it's called support, you're supporting the headliner. Right. So supporting the headliner doesn't mean you're just going to come with your homies to the show that night and put on a good show, the, sh- the definition of support is what kind of crowd are you going to bring to the show? Right. And the only way to really prove that is how many tickets can you go out and personally sell for the show? So a lot of people always look at me and Swan and say, well, a lot of artists, well, we don't want to sell tickets. Well, then we don't want to have you on the show because at the end of the day, you're supporting 2 chains. You're supporting Ice Cube. You're supporting this act that's playing our venue and they're asking for support on the show and that word carries meaning the word support means you're going to bring something to the table other than your performance and that means you're going to bring your fan base to the show so at the end of the day we do ask artists to sell tickets when we put them on shows let me just jump one time so social media doesn't really really mean shit at some of the days like you can have a bunch of numbers like twitter and all this stuff you can be on social media you can buy those numbers yeah Yeah. well you can you get on social media and say you're the greatest rapper of all times that's Mm -hmm. great but this is why you want to sell tickets of the business part of it, right? Because you want to put, and I tell everybody, and I'm sure everybody that's going to watch this be like, damn, this motherfucker say this all the time. <laughs> you want to put a number to your name. And it's important because it gets you more shows. It also puts perspective really where you really are in your career. Mm. So if you come to us and you say, oh, I'm dope and I got all this and all that stuff, and we give you a shot, which we want to give you a shot, we're only going to ask to start with is 50 tickets, right? Right. So if we have to just say three openers and the other two sell tickets and you don't, then it becomes also an issue of like who should go first, go second, stuff. We're giving it to the person that sold the most tickets. Right. But also, after all that stuff, say you sell 50 tickets at a certain ticket price and you go to another venue or you come back, we say, hey, you know what, Graffiti, you sold 50 tickets at 20 bucks. Right. You're worth something at that point. Mm. You are. This is the show business. Right. You are worth X amount of dollars. Right. That's good for us, mm. and it's good for you too. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. you don't want to be an opening act your whole life. Right. <laughs> so that's why we right. are trying to encourage acts in Denver. To your like, okay, you guys can sell <clears throat> to your fan base. We we gave you fifty tickets. You came back and gave us the money, and went and got another fifty tickets and sold those tickets. Now you're worth a hundred tickets at the box office because a hundred people want to see you. Yeah. Now you got to ask yourself: Do a hundred people of my fans want to see me, or how how much is that related to like the opening headliner. Uh, to the headliner? Mm. But then we start looking at like, okay, you got a you got a vibe. Why don't we start putting you on a headlining show? Mm. And that's where. It changes because even if you're opening up for a huge act and you're selling all these tickets, at the end of the day, you're, you're not making that much money. It's a $250, buck, $200 guarantee. Right. right. But if you can come to us and say we can sell 500 tickets and sell out the Bluebird, like acts like Trev Rich and mm-hmm. Amezy, and you look at Top Flight, they're selling out the Gothic. Trev just sold out the Gothic. These guys are leaving with a nice check right? because I'm not paying 2 chains that night. It's all Trev Rich's money that night. It's all A. Meezy's money that night. Ray Reed just put up a, a Bluebird solo show. So at the end of the day, artists are starting to realize opening for shows is great because you're introducing your craft to a new audience. But once you have that audience and that fan base, especially in your hometown, that's where you have to start really mining that money from 
that fan base right. and doing your own headlining show. And that's when you walk out of the uh, venue with a, with a really fat check instead of 200 bucks because it's your show. You just went and sold 500 tickets at $20. Right. So yeah. do the math on it's, that. It's the hustle and, and the you know, you're going to make a, the majority of that money. Yeah. And I think indie artists, they sometimes they're too proud to want to sell tickets or ask people to buy tickets. And at the end of the day, that's, that's, that's what, that's what, that's two, the name that's of the what game. two change is trying to do. That's right. what young Jeezy is trying to do. Like, yeah. They're trying to sell something, so artists well, I, can't. I think really I think it's also you know kind of a smoke and mirrors type thing too. Is I think that you know the social media can gas you sometimes. You know if you make a post, new record out and stuff like that, and you get a hundred, two hundred and sixty shares and stuff. You're like, I'm popping, man, I'm popping, <laughs> woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know you come over here and you say, okay, we say, okay, you can open up for a two change or somebody sell fifty tickets. Can't do it. And you come back with five. There's the disconnect there. There's, it doesn't right. make sense, you know. And so it means that you have to work harder and, and find those fans that want to come support you. And so if you say, okay, I'm ready for a headline, we're not going to put you in the audience. Like, let's start somewhere small. Let's build your fan base. Let's go to Lost Lake, Larimer Lounge, right. before we go to the Bluebird and next on and next on and next on. So it's a process. You know, we keep talking about but this. For artists, but for yeah. artists asking, how do we make more than just this 200 bucks you're offering us to open up for a big act? Do you have a fan base that you can motivate and that's going to come out and see you? Mm. And how many of them are there? And we'll find a room that makes sense for you. And, you know, you can start building your own headlining history. Right. And that's what we call the what you're worth at the box office. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that's all we're really concerned about. And it's not has nothing to do, you know, we always listen to the music. But I, list, I book a lot of music I don't listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot <laughs> of garbage music that I have to book yeah, every day <laughs> that's going to sell out. That doesn't necessarily mean that, like... I don't, you know, I mean, just because I don't go home and listen to it at my house doesn't mean I'm not going to book it yeah. because I'm here to serve a fan base. I'm here to serve the artist fan base. Mm-hmm. So if there's people that want to come and hear this music, I'm, I want to serve all the audiences. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And that's why, you know, I don't really, if I only booked the music I liked, I'd book four or five shows a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's real. So at the end of the day, it's like, I don't, it's not about the music we like. It's about how many tickets is the artist worth and let's make a fair deal. And that's what we do every day. So, how do so you- I will do that with local acts every day. And so will Francois. If you think you can, you know, bring your crowd out and you want a stage to play and you're going to sell those tickets and you're going to, you know, motivate your fan base to come out, we're going to book a room for you. So and, how do you, you know, know what artists to bring to Denver just based off of just the, the demographic? Because there's there's bigger names that sometimes don't sell out. And mm-hmm. then you'll have an artist like Ugly God or an artist like, uh, XXX Temptation like, come Tentation. through and no Tentacion now Tentacion we gotta get his name right, all right, all right but I'm it's okay it's okay he, he's not that one, that's a funny story that's a funny story that kid because he came out of the woodwork and this is another one that's like do I ever go home and listen to that yeah. no but do I know in my heart when I when I see the numbers and I see how how excited kids are about it and I look at this kid's you know just whole vibe and like I knew it was gonna pop right you know they wanted to go into a smaller room and I was like no this is gonna we need to put this into this this room because it's gonna sell out and like this kid is gonna do the do the numbers and you know he's asking for ladders to jump off the stage into the crowd we had (laughs) security holding him so he wouldn't jump off the balcony into the crowd yeah you know what I mean this is the stuff we have to deal with sometimes it's like we want to make the artist happy but we got to keep the crowd safe yeah we don't want this dude stage jiving off the balcony but like elbow dropping somebody in the dome, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's nuts. But with that though, like like to get to Dave's point, I feel like, and not to just keep speaking locally, but there's this thing in Denver. A lot of people are like, oh well, this doesn't work in this market. Mm. How is that determined? Especially nowadays, I feel like that border's been kicked down with the internet. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's different, you know. Like again, like it's a little bit intuition and feeling, and then like research. I mean. You can look up a lot of different things. And the thing about it, too, though, is to be honest, is that because you work in a big company like that, a lot of people in different regions talk together. And you want somebody in L.A. or New York wants Denver to do it. And he's like, yo, there's a kid that just blew out this thing here. He just sold 10,000 yeah, tickets. You know? We all talk around the different cities. So yeah. it's like I'm, I'm saying this is really popping here, and then I'm getting feedback. It might not be popping in other regions. But at the end of the day, like I want to take a swing at whatever I think is – white hot and bubbling Mm -hmm. if it looks like that to me i'm going to take a swing and that's where you know we're in the gambling business of you know we got to spread the chips around the numbers 
<laughs> we don't always win. Like he said, sometimes yeah. we leave the club with our heads down. Right. We See, thought, it was, a, hey, we we thought, thought it, was it was a winner. This thing's going to do great, you know. But at the end of the day, it's all about, like, also looking at, like, you know, I get, like, look, I, I, I grew up on, we grew up on the classics. You know what I mean? So, like, hip-hop to us at our age, right. like, really... This this means something. This is like, you know, this is this is real rhymes and yeah. real beats. And then we get into the place where I'm 31 years old now, and I have to say, okay, it's not about what I like. It's about what does this 17 year old kid, 16 year old kid want to hear? Right. And you know, I get I get haters on my uh, page all the time the, from the classic hip hop heads saying, <laughs> "You're really booking this guy. You're selling out." Right. And I said, you're damn right I'm selling out. I'm selling the show out. <laughs> you're right. That's what and it at. at the end of the day, you want to hear all the classics, mm. but you're the first person to call me to ask to get on the guest list mm. for the older shows. Yeah. And I want to keep bringing back the older music, and that's always going to be a big piece of who I am. Like, I'm going to keep supporting classic real hip-hop no yeah. matter what. You know, It's a business, business at the end of the day. But it's business at the end of the day. Yeah, right. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, i gotta give, I got to serve the audience. Mm-hmm. And the audience is not just you anymore. It's right. these young kids that want to come out and hear shows. And whether I like the music or not, I'm going to book the shows. Right. That's because a good segue into my next question. Um, let's get nostalgic for a minute. Because <laughs> you guys have been doing this for so long, each of you. What was the biggest, or not even the biggest, but your most proud show? Like, damn, we did that one. Mm. From a fan perspective, business, whatever, it's just like, damn, I love that one. <laughs> You do a lot of fucking shows, but it's like. I think one of my best ones, and I think it was just because it was the tour ended here, was this goes back, is the Up in Smoke mm. tour. They did two nights here, and it was like first it went up and it blew out. So they added another one, and it was a tour. It was a, um, the end of the tour ended in Denver. And so it was like. For that magnitude to do two nights at Fiddler's Green, mm-hmm. and and just those guys were in here. So not only did we do the concert and it was crazy, but it was like you know it was M and Dr. Dre and Snoop and DPG. Yeah. Fireline, I think Exhibit yeah. was there and everything, and it was just it that was, was so cool because the night before they got in town, uh, I mean the night before the concert, they actually right downtown here um, it used to be called Taboo. Mm. So we did a uh, a party, a pre-party with these guys, and they just came through. Dre and everybody. I wish I know somebody out out there has the footage. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah, send that to us. Because uh, I think we exhibit was a, is a friend of mine, so he wanted to do the after party. So it was just exhibit. But the entire sh- tour showed up from Dre to Dang. Snoop to everybody, and they got on stage and everybody did a song. It was nuts, Dang. like crazy. And then. We did an after party, uh, a tour rap party with mm. Dr. Dre, and I saw that picture of me and Alvin and them. And so they did uh, bowling lanes over there at uh, a Monaco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they rented it out. This is all in Denver, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they rented it out, and it was a private party with the entire tour. So they, and this is just a behind the scenes story. So they had me take a back room and put curtains on it because they want to put private stripper. Oh, see. Tripper was back there. At the bowling alley. At the, at the bowling alley. <laughs> and meanwhile, I had to coordinate on this, so I had to tell the bowling alley, like, yo, they want stripper, a stripper room back here so they can bowl a couple of <laughs> here. But it was great. Like, it was great to just hang out with all those guys who are now legends, and, you know, and just, they were very relaxed and hung mm-hmm. out. And that was probably one of the best. What about you, Johnny? The best hasn't happened yet. Oh. But I'll tell you, it's about to, August 10th. Tribe Called Quest, Red Rocks. Oh, okay. out of all the shows I've ever worked on in my life, that's one I'm really proud of. New right. show alert! It's already sold, sold out. It's already sold out. <laughs> sold out alert! Sorry. Damn, so that's I'm really, that's I'm really excited about Tribe at Red Rocks. You know, that's one of the most legendary venues in the in the world, and yeah. to have Tribe come, uh, you know, this is probably going to be the last time they ever like tour. And Fife's gone now, but Where? you know, uh, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, in most recent memory, my favorite show I've done in a while was the Erica Badu on uh, Valentine's Day mm, last that year. Was dope. Mm. That was a dope show. Because, you know, she usually plays really, really, really big venues, and I booked her at the Ogden yeah. on Valentine's Day. It was a steep ticket price, you know, it was like a $70 ticket or something, but it sold out. 
and she put on one of the best shows I've ever seen her do in Denver. And that was that, that was fun. That was a good and it was show. Valentine's Day, and you know, just the vibe was right. Everybody the got vibe was right. <laughs> it was lit. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was it was like that. So, so they don't make shows like they used to anymore. See, I was about to ask you that. Just seeing it from behind the scenes, and then from a fan's perspective, is it the same? I mean. Mm-mm. Back in the day, like oh, no. a, lot of artists, a lot of artists used to collab. Uh, <laughs> Stop with that old head sheet. I'm saying about, if you're talking about touring, back in the day, there was they take the hottest artists and they all go tour. Like, you think about Smoking Grooves at Red Rocks? Come on. I mean, that's Roots. Tour. That's Roots Outcast and who else was on that? All, all, all kinds of people. And then look at, the, you know, uh, Jay-Z. Rough Riders tour back in the day, like those were classic moments that you, you'll never see again. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, but it's all relative. So, so, so these you're kids now, me, these you're kids gonna tell me, uh, Ugly God, well, Little Yachty, I got yeah, that, that is show. that yeah. to them. Now. I kind of got to agree. That, I'm not saying it's but listen, saying but it's listen, funny, you have to, it's, it's relative though, <laughs> because at the end of tour, right? No, I agree with Johnny on that because as a young guy, like if you take an 18 year old. And you show them the lineup for like the what was it the Rolling Loud tour, where it was like uh, every fucking mumble rapper and we had ever because I can name everybody. Like that shit is lit. No, I'm to saying them, you know great. what I mean. I'm saying it's great, but yeah. I'm saying at that time, and, and I'm gonna just say that I think there was a different status. Mm. Look, you had Jay Z, DMX at that time, Ja Rule, right. uh, who else? Method Red on one show touring arenas around the country. Right. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that. These younger guys now aren't just as dope. I'm just saying I don't know if the stature at that time was the same. Right. But I also right, feel right. like show business is like a drug too. Yeah. So like, you know, back then we were really happy with just the rappers on the stage with the mic or yeah. in the rave culture. You know, you didn't even know who the DJs were. It was just the name of a rave party, just and you would go, vibe. you would go to the party, and it was about the vibe. Mm. And now, you know. Technology has changed. Right. The way people experience these live situations has changed. So now you got to have who has the best lights, who has the best lasers, who has the best visuals. Who you know what I mean? Because there's going to be so many more elements added Mm. as time has passed. It's not just a microphone and a band or a microphone and a DJ on stage anymore. It's now about like the production aspect of it. Right. Tory Lanez is risking his life like every night. Right. He's jumping around, but but more but more like the production. They are, these guys are spending so much money. You saw Kanye walking around that yeah. ramp, you know, and Drake. For the balls experience, are dropping. Yeah. Like, it's a dip. That people are putting on shows now. Yeah. And the way that show business has changed is these production elements have been added to really give people a show. This right. is not just a microphone on the stage anymore. This is a real-life experience, and I think that's what's changed. I would agree. I totally agree. And that's why seeing a show now is more exciting than it was back then. I agree. So... I agree. It's a different. It's a different time. What about behind the scenes of it all? Dealing with the artists, dealing with the groupies. Same shit. Every day. <laughs> hey. Nothing's ever gonna change. Nah. And don't hate on groupies. I'm just saying now. They I ain't even bring it up this time. I'm just letting you know. They, they make the world go round. They uh, make the artists happy. No, they don't. So I'm except, 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 except. We got we got some we got some issues here. <laughs> it is flagrant and blatant. <laughs> Yeah, y'all got a beef with a particular unnamed groove beat, right? Yeah. Nah, it's not really a beef, but at the end of the day, like... She's throwing bars at y'all. I told her. I was like, you know, you could just be back here like a regular ass chick that's back here, like all the rest <laughs> the of normal them. normal groupie. But you yeah. want to, like, take pictures and call the cops, and <laughs> that to me, that's like where I say, okay, now... You cross the line. You cross the line. Right, right, right. So it's such because at the groupies. end of the day, it's like yeah. I want artists to come to Denver and leave here with a really, really, really big smile on their face and say, "I want to come back to Denver." <laughs> and you know, sometimes having some beautiful women around for them is is a great piece of them leaving with a big smile on their face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when That's they, okay. but when that situation turns into a situation where a it could be a security risk, mm. b you know, personal information stuff's getting exposed that is completely, you know out what I mean, line. out of line yeah, just yeah. for somebody else to build themselves up and see you're calling the police on people. That's where I say, I don't want you around my environment. I don't want you around my artist because, you know, if if I can't at least give you a fair warning, yeah, like, yo, this is not a situation you really want to 
involve yourself with because I've seen it happen a million times and I've, I've warned multiple artists about it. Mm. And then they call me the next day like, man, you were right. Man. <laughs> why, didn't, why didn't we listen to you? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like... And it's super predator. You know, it's, so difference, bad, like, if it's, a, it's a difference between just trying to have a good time with somebody and, you know... It's a part of the business. And there's know? actual, like... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But at the end of the day, once that turns into some something that could, like, compromise... Right. Your freedom, mm. your money, your bad. reputation, your marriage. I've watched <laughs> it happen over and over. All these different situations be affected by one person's actions. It's like, I don't want you around. And there's so, actual, like, posters, like, don't let this person in. Oh, we even before we've warned artists sometimes, it's come from, <laughs> it's come from the tour... You know, signs up, and it's like you know, do you want that reputation or do you want the reputation of, you know, everybody loves me because I got a great personality and you know I'm really nice and whatever else you're doing behind closed doors that's none of my business. But girl, do you? Like that's going to a next. But at the end of the day, like why do you have to make it malicious? Once it turns malicious, yeah. And like I was sitting in the studio and with an unnamed artist, and you know. on the door and we go answer the door and there's 15 cops outside uh, and it's like you know this has gotten to a point where it's like you know nobody's lying on somebody's name you know freedoms that's a whole new situation and that's why I just really want to put it out there like you know like, I'm, 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 I'm all about everybody having the, what they do what they want to do yeah you know free love and all that stuff but <laughs> if you're gonna really disrespect People that are really at the end of the day here to do business. Yeah. When I show up to a show, he and I are there to do business. When the artist shows up to the show, we're there to do business. Mm-hmm. So, once you have somebody that really takes that and twists it into a whole new way, it's like, nah. Would you guys say this particular super groupie is one? <laughs> super, is super saying groupie. Super saying groupie God <laughs> is like one of the worst. No, no. Listen, there's all the just, years I see because I was around with Cat Stacks. And we know how that went. Yeah, right. but I'm just, I'm, these are like, <laughs> like extreme examples. Like, yeah. usually, and like, I don't even know if it's a groupie thing. Maybe it's a fantasy. Because you know what? If Rihanna was backstage and she winked at me and I got to, hey, man, I'm going <laughs> to risk in. it all. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? But no, but listen, It's man, completely different. Right, it's completely, it's completely different. different. People, when people, you want to take it to the next level of I'm doing this, not, I mean, obviously, look. You're going to go <laughs> get on the bus with Ugly God. <laughs> okay? Yo, have y'all seen God. Ugly God's girlfriend, though? Water. What? Y'all seen Ugly God's girlfriend, though? Oh, yeah. No, how's, how's she look? Man, she's she's bad. And she's from, I think she's from Denver, too. Uh, see? I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, it's Denver, funny. Denver, there's a lot of there's Denver a lot has some of beautiful women. Like Denver that. has some beautiful women. Say, there's a lot of rappers right with way, baby cause... moms in Denver. <laughs> no, there's, like, there's several like high-profile rappers over the years that have babies' moms in Denver. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they probably got babies' moms in every city, but <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's Denver's. That's just a small part of the music business, yeah. you know. Like the after hours and uh, after hotels. So on and so forth. Okay. For people not watching like on video, but are listening, Davy just handed the phone. They are looking at Ugly God's girlfriend. She's looking like Ky- her. She's looking like Kylie, kinda. Oh. Hey, is this hey, a profile? Know. Kylie profile? Right on. I don't Ugly know. God. I need to see a your I music just, is trash. I need to see the whole. But that's part. That's one part of the yeah. business that you know. It's the whole package. You reap, you reap the benefits. You got a good album, good song. Who cares? Go, go for it. Go for it. So aside from the concert side of things, what about the party promotion side of things? How has that game changed over the years? Because right now it seems shaky. I don't know if people just aren't into he's clubs. He's not going to like this, but well, he's diversified his portfolio, so uh-huh. that's why he's staying why in the concerts and the clubs. That's why I definitely have to ask that part. Because, you know, it's like at the end of the day, the concerts run the whole scene in Denver right mm. now. And mm-hmm. I'm, I think that's a great thing. Right. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because a, a lot of the situation is, I'm going to let him speak on it because he's the club guy. <laughs> but watching it from the time I, I, I started it, I, I started coming up in this scene. I was 18 years old, sneaking into reggae on the roof on Thursday nights. Same here. And you know, that was crazy. That was when the Denver club scene, people understood how to. It was like Atlanta or New York or LA. Like people acted right most of the time. Like people dressed up. You know, girls wearing good, you know, dresses and like looking real good. I mean, and then know. all of a sudden, shit got ratchet. 
it's like it's just not the same vibe anymore. I would disagree. I mean, I think just the club scene is always evolving. It's just kind of like the music, you know. And I think that I don't Denver, know, man. Wait, 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 wait. I think Denver goes through its periods of times to where it's, you know, when we talk about Safari and we talk about um, Reggae on the Roof. I mean, it was just when the city's a little bit in sync. The mall players, everybody's in sync, like the NBA and and Broncos. They get along. They hang out. Everybody's out. It was a good time, you know, and I think what also happened though is, you know, to keep it 100, I think this city is its own worst enemy. Mm. We could Talk about it. We could be in Atlanta, New York, especially with a weed now, we could be light years. But you know, it takes one bad apple to ruin it for everybody, and that's just the way it is, you know. Well, it was a few over the years. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bunch of them, but they, you know, I, I think, you know, Epernay has done an exceptionally good job of. Of keeping the nightlife around, you know, we have proof. But you know, also the the, the nightlife, the super clubs. There's not that many in Denver. Right. A lot of the clubs have gone away altogether. Right. They've turned into lounges and bars. Yeah. The bar scene, the bar scene has really taken over Denver. Um, there's not a lot of places that, you know, if you just talk about urban stuff that want urban shit, and I'm not mad at them about it. Mm. Um, but it, it evolves. You know, yeah. sometimes we have four or five things going on, and sometimes we have one. And I think, and it's a good thing that you brought that up about the bars and the lounges and stuff. I don't know if it's just because I'm older now and I'm partied out because y'all, like, used to kill me and shit. But now it's like... Yeah, I'm washed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think we're washed. But just as a whole, it seems like people aren't into clubbing the way they are. Absolutely. Right. And like, even like my siblings, that's why like, I said the, con- that's why I said the concert business is, is really, it's a yeah. great business to be in right now because I think kids... And when I say kids, I mean like, you know, 18 to yeah. 29, mm-hmm. <laughs> or even older. <laughs> but these kids would rather not spend a 15 or $20 a cover at a club to go see a local DJ. They'd rather put that money away for two weeks and go buy a $40 ticket just to go see their favorite artist come, right. coming to play next week. And that's going to get them more lit and more turned up and more live and feel better about going out. And mm-hmm. like you said... The culture has like turned into a place where I'd rather just go up to the street to the, this bar with my friends and have a few drinks, exactly. yeah, yeah. which is great, you know. But at the end of the day, it's also but the kids you know. are more diverse too, you know. what I'm saying it's like I think Denver is a very segregated city, mm. and it's a black and white city. And but I think the younger crowd. I disagree is, with that. I, I think the younger crowd is more diverse now. Like you can, they want a little bit of everything, right, you know. Right. And I think you see that in music, EDM, and, and hip hop have come together. Well, it's not a black and white city then. No, I'm talking because, about. Because, listen, because that what you just said. Was, argue about it. You just said it got more diverse. So that doesn't no, mean they're the more crowd. separated. No, I'm talking about because the back in the day, I used to be the only white guy in the club. No, and I know now that. I go to a lot of clubs where it's like a real nice mixed vibe. Everybody's light skinned. <laughs> no, what I'm saying. What I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. There nope. are there are neighborhood associations out here. There are club owners out here that do not want quote unquote urban shit in there. It's a fact. Mm. That's they, true. There, 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 there's a fact, and you know, there's some club owners that love the music. They just don't understand the urban culture. How we continue to fuck it up, and that's a fact. Like, you know, I don't. I don't as a as a nightclub promoter, I have never woken up. Any morning, and say I want to go do a nightclub. Neither is Kevin or Alan. Woke up, said, you know, we're gonna do a club tonight to get somebody injured, hurt, right, arrested or killed. It's never happened. The only reason why we ever do nightclubs is because we wanted to fill the void that we don't have, right. and we wanted to make it like a New York or L.A. to where you go into a club and you see a superstar here. You do that, you know that. That was the only goal, uh, the original thing of 3D, you know. But it, it just happened that you know over the years, you know. Denver, you have a beef with somebody from third grade, you come to the club, you have too much fucking Hennessy, and, and, and then you end up beating somebody up, or even, you know, there's a shooting, not even at the club, there's a shooting two, three blocks away, but great media will say, oh, there was a shooting at such and such club. Right. Wait, that happened five blocks away. How's that, you know what I'm saying, our fault? Like, what are we... So there's a lot of dynamics. I could go on for hours about the bullshit that goes on I mean, on look, Denver, people it, get shot at schools. People get shot at movie you theaters. You can't, you can't no, I will do that because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> and well, at the end of the day, it's like, <laughs> look. Speak on it, Johnny. Go look, ahead. Our job is to make everybody have the best safe time we can. I agree. 
And that's why when you walk into one of our shows, they're going to look in your bag. And you're going to walk through a metal detector and you're going to know when you come and party in any one of our situations, it's going to be a safe environment. Mm -hmm. But if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. No, no, no. no. Look, look, what I'm saying is, all I'm trying to say is, like, you know, because right around the corner, Cold Crush, this is my, this is like my cheers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love that place. I'm in there. I go there sometimes after work. I go there on the weekends. And that's a place, like, right now where I would honestly say, like, I can go on a Friday or Saturday night and... There's black people, there's white people, there's Mexican people, there's all types of people, right. all dancing on a dance floor, having a great time, and still to this day, because it's a hip-hop bar, and because, you know, there's been some situations that have happened there, and now all of a sudden that, that place is being, you know, yeah. targeted. And right. I have a problem with that, because you can't target a place, is the Roar Movie Theater still open? Mm, yeah. yeah, it is. Right. So... At the end of the day, bad stuff happens in all different cultures, in all different environments. Talk Whether it's a club, it. a movie theater, a school, okay. this shit's happening at the grocery store. Mom. Like, we have to hold the line and say to ourselves, we, these places are important. Because I don't want it to be like a black and white situation in Denver. And gentrification will eventually make that happen if we don't protect these spaces that we can all come together and enjoy music that brings us together. Mm, talk about it. Okay. That's real. I mean, so that's what's important right now. And uh, you see it happening in Chicago and you see it happening in certain places where... Culture. They're <laughs> taking the inner city and they're coming and gentrifying it. So now all of a sudden everybody's going to be forced into these smaller areas and combined together. And that's where you see a pressure cooker. Because you're forcing all these different... Gangs and people that have beefs that were spread across a whole city. Now in Chicago, they're all living in the same apartment buildings. They're all living, and that's what's going to happen in Denver. Right. We have to protect these spaces where we can all come and party together, and we have to hold the line and say, "This is something that's important to us." Right. So at the end of the day, I love throwing. This is why I like the shows mm -hmm. because I feel like that's filling the void of the clubs. Absolutely. In the place where we can say, this is a place we can all come together and enjoy something, a musician, bands, whatever, that brings us all together. And let's do that in, 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 in a safe place and enjoy that and protect that, mm. you know, because that's Denver right now is one of the hottest cities in the country. Hey. Let, me, let, me just, let me just. It really is. Listen. Denver is one of the hottest no, no, cities no, no, in the country. This, but listen, right listen, now. listen. I think we can sit here and we can talk about the problems Denver has. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what the solution is. Okay. And the solution is, is to realize, one, Denver is a major city. Denver is not a cow town. Denver is not a little, you know, town business and all that stuff. That's cool. But we are a major city right now. Yeah. Like, I was just drove down here, and I knew they were building stuff here. But they are really building some shit. Yeah. Like, it's like Metropolis downtown right now. Yeah. But here's the thing. With all these people, if we were going to be a major city, let's treat it. You cannot close clubs at 1.30, 1.45 and push all these right. people into the streets and say, you know, get home. It's impossible. I've thought about this over the years. Um, I was talking to our state representative, Chrysantha Duran, who's a good friend of mine. And there was at one point there was a, 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 a bill on the floor to keep the bars and clubs open in Denver. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went to a meeting one time in Denver in, in, in a, a neighborhood association. There were some 60, 70-year-old people sitting there talking about they didn't want this, they didn't want that. One, you live downtown. Right. Mm. Two, we're talking about saving, making sure people are safe, that you know people get home safely, all that stuff. You cannot push all these people out at the same time right. in the street. And they're drunk. Right. right. You know, just, you know. And, and if, even if they left it open until 3.30 or 4, at least, like in other cities where the liquor licenses have the same rule, people kind of, right now, you guys see the lines at the clubs that are st still left. People yeah. show up at 11.30, 12 o'clock. There's a line around the block. Everybody gets shit-faced in the club. And then the club pushes everybody else on, out on the street at 2 in the morning. Everybody has to leave at the same time. Yeah. Mm. So that automatically increases the likelihood of some static happening because everybody's out there at the same time. If people could just kind of flow out yeah. and leave at their own pace. I mean, really, what does... That's, that, I think we should do that. We should start lobbying for a 4 a.m. liquor call. I mean, what does last, last, last Call... LA did it. Let's do it. What does Last Call alcohol mean? Let's do it. What does Last Call alcohol mean? It means 
get go ready. to shotguns. No, no, it says, it says get ready, <laughs> start, go. go. Do at least two or three shots before <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can't go drink anymore, hard. right? Yeah. Yeah. We all just human beings. Like, I mean, this is corny, but, you know, we, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We all will always make mistakes. You cannot, as a human species, expect we're going to be perfect. Right. So let's, let's think about that and let's say, you know what? People are going to drive home drunk at 2 o'clock, whatever. But if you give some people extra time to just, you know, sober up, sober up yeah. cool down. If I'm warring with you mm-hmm. and you leave, I may see a girl. I may stay an extra 20 minutes. That means when we walk out in the front, we're not going to bump into each other right. and continue the bullshit, right? Yeah, you're not going to see her, dude. Is this live? Uh, no. Oh, all right. Well, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. But I'm watching I don't want to have to lie about where I am right now. Anyways, man, but dang, Johnny turned red. Yeah, he's like, damn, I got cut. Nobody snapped you. No, no, but I'm very passionate about it, and like I said, I've been to a couple meetings because it. It's really pissed me off about the nightclub of scene as well as just the urban scene, how we got a black eye. And I've always tried to figure out what could we do different, and I think that's... It's one of the major But ones. you know what I want to say real quick, though? Sure. Fuck all the black eyes and all the bullshit that's happened in this town. Mm-hmm. I think we have to really appreciate the culture and Absolutely. where the city of Denver is. Because 10 years oh, ago... Yeah. yeah. When I was fucking, just had turned 21 years old, this place was still a fucking cow town. Yeah. yeah. And now, we really have a city to be proud of. Mm-hmm. There's artists breaking in every genre right now. Yeah. And, like, it's only a matter of time before somebody from Denver is going to break in a really, really meaningful and big way on a national level. Mm. So, that's all right. of this that's happening in this town right now, from the weed to everybody being mad about the rent prices going up, these are all signs of... Our city is now really on the map, and we have to embrace that and all come together and say to ourselves, how do we accelerate what's already organically happening in our town and come together and say, how can we really bring some synergy between what everybody's doing Dude, word of the day. out here? Synergy. Okay? Synergy. Mm-hmm. Get on. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, for real. No, because no, we have to take pride on... No matter what's happened, mm. you know, maybe the club scene has died off a little bit because no, people don't cracking, know how to... It's cracking. It's cracking, but... Okay. Yeah. It's cracking. But <laughs> I'm saying it's not like it used to be, bro. No, no, we I, remember I, I, the glory I, I, days of this town, I man. do remember that. I was there. Okay, I, I was mean, there, a lot too. of it's a blur, but right. I do remember okay. I was there at some point. Okay, but what we're I'm saying leave, is... We're going to leave you alone about the club part, man. Regardless, no, check it out, this though. town is a cultural... It is. Mecca right now. Whether you're in the tech industry, whether you're in the weed industry, whether you're in the music industry, there are so many opportunities in this town right now, and Mm. I don't want to hear from anybody else anymore about why (laughs) Denver's not popping. Because you know what? Hold on. I got so many people fucking moving to Denver. You know why the rent's... Let's go. Hold on. Let's do it. You know why the rent's going up? Talk to him, Johnny. You know why the rent's going up? Because everybody wants to move to Denver. I got people from cities all over the country. I travel all the time. And they're like, you know, my homegirl just moved to Denver. He just moved to Denver. I want to move to Denver. Well, quit moving to Denver. (laughs) No, let me just say one thing real quick. Another important thing I just want to bring up and we can move on is that we can talk again about all the problems. But it's personal responsibility, damn Mm -hmm. it. You know what? If you know you're not supposed to drink Hennessy, it turns you into a gremlin at midnight. (laughs) Do not drink fucking Hennessy. Right. But also, you know, if if you go out with your boy and you know that he's a hothead or something like that, and you may bump into somebody you had get beef with third grade, don't bring him out. I know, but that's little shit, though. But that's little shit. Listen, what I'm trying to say is about the big shit, which is (laughs) if you are that hothead in the club, acting like a hothead. Take some ownership. That you, yeah. you don't live in a cow town anymore. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Right. That's my, exactly. You live in a city that everybody wants to move to. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be in Denver right mm-hmm. now because of the lifestyle we live. We live in a clean city. Mm-hmm. Look at the mountains every day. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We have groupies. a good culture. <laughs> <laughs> we got great culture. We got weed. Yeah. We got everything you could ask for here, and that's why everybody wants to move here. Right. So take some pride and some respect. Everybody in listening outside is like, hmm. Like, you know, that's just how I feel. I I also feel sometimes we become complicit and we become, like, we take it for granted where we live. We do. 
You know what I mean? Totally and there's so that. many people that want to come here right. and enjoy what we have in this town. And it's like, when we go out at night, let's act like we have some, you know yeah, what I mean? Because we are the new L.A. Right. Denver is the new L.A. right now. We got Johnny, we got Johnny in his pocket, man. But we're gonna go ahead and wrap it on that note. But final question <laughs> for both of you guys: Sure, like one piece of knowledge, advice, just a word, proverb, whatever you got in your mind that you would leave with the world. What would that be? Ooh, I got so many mantras and stuff. I mean, I don't know, man. I could, I could, I could leave you with a gazillion because it, it each one affects somebody different. Mm. But I would just say, you know, I'm going to just do because of a, a cliche. Just be a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, just like really oh, in, this, in, in this in mm-hmm. this day and age and craziness and music, just just try to be the best person as you can. You know, like extend your hand sometimes, say thank you. Right. Those are just simple things I always fall just to make sure that I know that at the end of the day that, you know, that things are going to be good. You know, meditate. A little bit on things, you know. Take take a thirty second breather, and just before you go and say something or do something, just be like, "How is that going to affect somebody right. or myself? Am I going to look crazy?" Foresight. And was and I think that's a lot of problems with social media now. People are just like, "I'm just going to fire this off and let it run so I can get likes and stuff." But it's like, did you really need to say that? Right. About that person or about yourself? Mm. Pipe down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Be Overall, first. that's real zen. Yeah, yeah. What you got, Johnny? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, my advice. To keep going, my, <laughs> my advice would just be, you know, there's been times in my life where I really wanted to give up, mm. and I did a couple times. Mm. I went and sold used cars. Shout out Lynn Lyle Chevrolet over here on Colfax. <laughs> Go east and pay the lease. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, there was a time I went and sold used Chevys for about six months because I just the, the music business had kind of had me rinsed, and I was just like, you know, I was like. You know, what am I going to do? And at the end of the day, I went back to the drawing board and I told myself that I like, this is the passion, this is what I love. And if I hadn't done that, I would still be over there on East Colfax selling Chevys right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to, you know, put it out there that like, no matter where you are in your life, you can reach within and reach deeper. And now I'm living my dream. And I was still living my dream selling Chevys. <laughs> I was still having a great time because at right. night I would go to shows and I would try to like still stay in the game. But like, you're never out of the game. Yeah, life is dope. Somebody hey, called. Appreciate. Somebody in the mile had a flyer in the front seat thanks to this guy. I'm like, yo, was that club going out tonight? <laughs> for real? Yeah, I know. Lin Lau, that one was free. Never. Yeah, Lin Lau, that was free. <laughs> Word, my man. Escalade needs new shocks, so I need to come bring it. Y'all drop some y'all. jewels, man. We appreciate y'all for coming through. Definitely hey, have quick, to have you come quick, back. What you got, quick, hey? uh, our producer Julius? You got anything you want to add? Yeah, well, man. I want to shout some. Can I plug some shows real quick? Because I came here to plug some shit, and I never got the chance. Hold on, let me plug some shit. What Life is dope. That's all I gotta say. I gotta say, I gotta say one thing. Trev Rich Balance album mm-hmm. out in August. It's incredible. Hey. Watch for it. Let me plug a it's couple probably out shows. right now. If let, you're me, let, to let me plug a couple shows real quick. <laughs> we got the Khalid American Teen Tour August twentieth. We got uh, Playboy Cardi at the Ogden August 29th. Ja Rule and Ashanti September first, right. and Damian Marley September twenty first. I'm looking forward to all these shows. Go get your tickets. I'm gonna be at that, <laughs> that Playboy Cardi one, just Millie rocking. Hell yeah, that's my shit. All we have to do is just play Magnolia. Like eight shout times. out to all the shows that probably already passed by the time this episode <laughs> dropped. <laughs> but we in there, man. Life is dope. See, I I'm, thought we were alive. <laughs> I'm your man, Graffiti. And congratulations to y'all, man. Y'all doing a great yeah. thing. Man. Oh yeah, that's sure. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are on iHeartRadio. Officially, you can check out Life is Dope on iHeartRadio. Yeah, damn. I remember when y'all mentioned this, and y'all are here now. Congratulations. Appreciate yeah, it. For Thank real. you. Uh, yeah, I'm Dave. I'm Feedy. Skirt. Skirt. <laughs>
Clarkson Show. And we've got music's biggest stars all week long. Performances by John Legend, Little Big Town, Machine Gun Kelly, and Common. And appearances by Usher, Josh Groban, Queen Latifah, and more. Get ready, y'all. The Kelly Clarkson Show, all new season two. Weekdays at three on NBC Bay Area. This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite. Thirst for yours. 